Good morning, everybody, and thank you very much for joining us today on this Rise Up episode number 144 here on LFA TV. That's right. Do not forget to rumble that uh, this show, rumble this video. When we say rumble the video, it just means give it a like. So you've got a little thumbs up right under the descri- uh, the uh, the title of the show today. Um, so if you can click that green, we would appreciate it. If you can't do that, it means that you do not have a Rumble account or you may not be signed in to your Rumble account because you'll need to be signed in to chat live, to like the video, but you don't need to be signed in to share. So we should always have more shares than anything. So hello, everybody. It is July 12th, year of our Lord, 2023. This is, like I said, episode number 144 already of Rise Up. This is a, uh, a, a public journey with Jesus, my private journey with Jesus made public to the world day by day. There's a lot of joy here. There's a lot of uh, correction here. There's a lot of conviction here. There's a lot of love here. There's a lot of support and respect here. And everybody that's in the comment threads, the comment, uh, the live chat, everybody that's here is here because they are on a journey with Jesus as well. And this hour of the day helps all of us in our own way, in whichever way God speaks to us through this show and helps us move the kingdom of heaven forward. Can I get an amen? Can I get 875 people in here to give me an amen? And can I get 870 likes? We have never had 600 likes on Rise Up. Let me say that one more time. We've never had 600 rumbles on Rise Up, but yet we have 1,500 people watching. So let's make sure that we're signed in and we do our part today. Look, if you're not going to like the LFA show, that's fine, but at least give a like for God. All right? So I titled today's show, The Gospel is the Best Red Pill. Now, we hear people talking all the time uh, about red pilling, right? Now, if you don't know what red pilling is, let me give you the the definition of what a red pill is. And it goes back to the movie The Matrix. Okay? So the very first Matrix, when did that movie come out? Eli, 2001? 2002, somewhere in there? So 20 years ago, a movie came out called The Matrix. And in that movie, it was about a guy, and I know a lot of you probably haven't seen it. It was about a world where robots and machines ran everything, and they artificially grew humans and used them as a battery source. So the humans, humans create a lot of energy, right? A lot of energy. So they kept people seduced, I mean uh, seduced, they kept people inundated and in a coma, giving them flashes of what their life really is, and they feel like a dream, Right? And they feel like this is their life every day, but really their physical bodies are in these pods and the robots are using them as a battery, basically, as a source to get energy. Well, what happens is some of these people realize something's not right. And then they, you know, they're kind of like something's wrong. And then the humans who are still alive and not being used as battery sources and fighting the machines, they go and they bring these people out safely and they bring them back to, you know, humanity. And they offer them a red pill or a blue pill. Now, I know most of you know this. And uh, why are we starting Red <laughs> Rise Up talking about Matrix? Because of the title of the show. 
So they offer them a red pill and a blue pill. Now, the red pill means you wake up and you get pulled out of these pods and you're no longer a battery and you go and you join with the humans and you fight the robots, right, and the, and the machines. Take the blue pill, you just stay right where you are, completely ignorant. Ignorance is bliss. I don't care if the world is real or not. It's real to me. So, title today's show, The Gospel is the Best Red Pill. The ultimate red pill. Meaning that when you hear the gospel and you choose to take that red pill, there's no going back. See, in the Matrix, they could actually get plugged back in and say, you know what, I don't want to live this life. In politics, you can be red-pilled as a, as, a, um, you know, as a Marxist and say, wait a minute, Trump really isn't that bad. Oh, wow. And they take the red pill and then they become conservatives. But here's the problem with taking a red pill here on earth is that you're waking up to, to the truth, but yet... Society can change, truth can change, political parties can change, ideas can change, ideologies can change, narratives can change, your lifestyle may change because you're offered money to do something, whatever it is. But do you know what never changes? Jesus Christ, God. The same always, always was, is today, and always will be the Alpha and the Omega, never changing. So when you get red-pilled in Christ When the gospel is told to you and you receive it and you know it and you understand it and you accept that and you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've taken the ultimate red pill. Guess what? There's no going back. That is why that that is the unforgivable sin. The only unforgivable sin. Knowing that God exists, knowing that Jesus is real, fully having full faith that it is and rejecting him anyway. That's the only unforgivable sin. Saying, nope, I know you're real, but I don't care. I'd rather be like Lucifer. Ultimate sin. So, that's why when you're red-pilled in the gospel, there's almost no going back ever. I wonder what the percentage of people on this planet who have opened their eyes up, got the gospel, received it, know it's true, and then decide, I don't want it anyway. Very, very few. Now, we talked about this the other day, right? We said, here's your homework. Go and ask your friends and family... If Jesus was real and it was proof that he was real and they knew it, would they accept him anyway? And a lot of, a big portion said, no, I wouldn't. But I don't believe that's to be true. I don't believe that to be true because once you get the gospel in your heart, you want to talk about transformation? It is the biggest transformation on planet Earth that could ever happen. I want to read something for you right here. Little Mama Lee said, Jeremy, Ashton goes for his yearly cancer scans on August 3rd, claiming and believing in God's promise. He is 11 years cancer-free. Claim and believe with me, LFA family. That almost just brought, that did bring tears to my eyes. Infowars said, kids in cages was my red pill and I'll never go back to normal. And there you go. That's the truth. So once you get red pilled in the gospel, it's such a transformation. The percentage of people that go back probably are less than 1%. Can I show you something? You're going to love this. Uh, 
Let's see. Yeah, that's probably a good place to put it. All right, check this out, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna pop something up on the screen here for you. Okay. I want you to see a transformation that is a slave to drugs set free by Jesus. Same guy. God can change anyone. Same guy. Drugs, slave. Jesus, free. Depression. Look at, he's lost. Look at his eyes. Let's make this bigger. Can we make that bigger? There we go. Look at this. Look at the eyes. Lost. He has no idea who he is, where he's going, what he's doing. He looks sad. He looks mad. He looks like he has no joy. Completely lost. Found. Look at the life in his eyes. Look at the joy. Look at the smile. Wow. So like I said, ladies and gentlemen, from death to life, amen. Amen, Ethich. From death to life. No soul, you're right. CQ said no soul. I think he has a soul, but the Holy Spirit wasn't, wasn't in there with it. Such a transformation, you can never go back once you're red-pilled. Just can't. And if you do, it's a very small percentage. MCAMP says, doesn't even look like the same person. I know. I know. That was posted by Believer underscore Vitality. Or excuse me, Vitally. Believer underscore Vitally. That's what happened to me. Now, I wasn't a drug addict or an alcoholic, so there was not an outward appearance that resembled being addicted to drugs or alcohol or being completely exhausted. However, there was an outward appearance when you looked into my eyes. Eli's known me for a very, very long time, and I've not changed much in my, I mean, I've completely changed and I'd say 90% of my ways. But there's that 10% that still exists and I told you those are the three problems that I still have uh, that I'm dealing with in my life. You know, anger, controlling situations and, and uh, you know, hating incompetence. Those are my three biggest problems. I still have those and you can see those come out in my life here and there. But you compare me to 10 years ago, I'm a very different person. If you looked in my eyes 10 years ago, there was no hope. There was no joy. There was no peace. There was anger. There was 100 miles an hour. There was get out of my way. There was lust. There was fornication. Absolute transformation. And you can't go back. And I imagine some people do, but very, very, very rarely. That's the thorns, Jeremy. Paul talks about his strength is made perfect in our weakness. (laughs) Yes, you are right. 
M. Camp says, I have those same faults, Jeremy. Being tired doesn't help. Well, you know, another thing that, I, that, I, that I'd like to talk to you guys about, um, let, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're 20 minutes past the hour. Let's go to the Lord in prayer first, and then we'll talk about heavenly sleep, okay? Let's do that now. In our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's name, we pray and give you thank, thanksgiving, Father. We give you worship. We give you praise, and we give all glory to you for the great things that happen in our life. You're such a great father that all those bad qualities that we as parents have, you don't have. All those bad qualities that are all around us, pain, suffering, anxiety, anger, confusion, lost, We don't have to feel those things with you. And we know that's true because when we fall away from you or when we fall off the path and we come back on, for a period of time, a week, two weeks, we are in like a state of euphoria because we're in the grace of, of you, Dad. We're in your light. Holy Spirit is on fire. And even giving us a glimpse of that, Lord, is worth everything. Even a glimpse of heaven here on earth is worth everything. I'd give everything up for a glimpse. And you allow us to have a full life of it if we want it. For that, we thank you. Lord, we pray that you give us the words in our mouths, the conviction in our hearts, and the courage to continue spreading the gospel day in and day out to help other people take that red pill of the gospel. Only then can we spread this feeling of euphoric joy that only comes from you, Dad. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Now, sleep. Somebody said it doesn't help when you're tired. No, it doesn't. Not at all. Here's another thing that I've noticed. Me and, I should say Eli and I, not me and Eli. Eli and I were just talking about how this job is so demanding and so stressful that without God, we could not do this. We don't know how we're doing this job as it is. Eli said, there's not enough. I said, I need another assistant or something. I need somebody here that knows and thinks the things that I know and think that can do 10 things a day that I can't get to because I am working from the moment I come to work to the moment I leave. And I'm even eating lunch while working. Now, I tried last week to try to get out of the studio for like an hour. It just screws everything up. So Eli made the um, comment. He said, me too, man. He said, I can't even do all these other things that I did. 
outside of work anymore because I'm working nonstop for LFA. I said, I know, man. I don't know. I don't know where we, I don't know how we, I don't know how we alleviate what him and I are going through that you guys don't see and know. Now, I'm not crying or complaining to you. I'm actually getting to a point. Eli said there's not enough time in a day and there's not enough hours in a week. No, he said, what'd you say, Eli? There's not enough hours in a day and there's not enough days in a week? I said that's not true. It's not true. There is, or else God would have given us more. And I know this because when I am walking in the full light of God, when God's glory is upon me, I accomplish more in those hours of the day that I work than I would accomplish in two days without him. Now let's go back to the sleep portion of it. There's a difference between just going to bed and going to sleep and laying down on a bed of promises and love and joy and falling into heavenly sleep. And you don't need the you don't need any assistance if you are literally in tune with your God in heaven. When you sleep heavenly sleep, uninterrupted, deep with Jesus, you feel when you wake up the next day like you can handle anything. And here's the difference between doing your daily duties with and without God. When you do them with God, you're focused on your priorities. And if you can do and handle and accomplish and achieve your priorities every day, everything else falls into place and you don't feel overwhelmed and full of anxiety and stress. However, if you do those same daily activities without God, then you're not focused on the priorities and you allow the non-priorities to take over and then you feel like you haven't done anything and stress and anxiety falls upon you. That leads to anger. That leads to strife. That leads to yelling. You know the difference between heavenly sleep and earthly sleep when you experience it. And if you can actually obtain heavenly sleep, the day that follows that will be the best day of your life. And so on and so on. So how do we do that? Well, first we got to be red-pilled. But then we've got to do what I say every day, and I know it's redundant, and I know you probably don't even want to hear it every day, but you must... I must put God first in everything. So before you wait, before you get out of bed, you're talking to God. Before you make your coffee or your breakfast or whatever it is, you're pouring your field of greens, you talk to God. Before you leave your house for work, you talk to God, you pray to God, and you do it with your loved ones. Before you unlock the door to your, to your office or your business or go, walk into your place of work, you talk to God. 
You try to talk to him while you're working. When you go on your first break or your lunch break, talk to him. And if you can do this, and if you can make yourself do this, first of all, it's like anything else. It becomes a routine. But this is a routine like any others. This isn't a selfless routine. This isn't a... um, a redundant routine. It's a routine for God. So what happens is if you give the routine to God, he will give you everything you need to get through that day without anger, without strife, without yelling, without exhaustion. So here I am telling you guys to do that. Well, I need to practice what I preach apparently because I'm having those days a lot lately. I've even come into work an hour earlier. I need, to, I, need more, I need to get more done because too much stuff is piling up. So I, I decided instead of go, staying at work later at night when it's family time, I might as well just sacrifice an extra hour of sleep when everybody's sleeping anyway and come up to work. So now I'm getting at work an hour earlier. So now I'm working from 6.30 till 6.30 at the studio. Instead of 7.30 to 6.30. And I know I can do it without being overworked and overwhelmed. I've just got to practice what I preach. It's that simple. And saying it out loud, like with you guys in the morning... This is why God needed me to do this. This is why. Because I am such a broken human being. I'm such a flawed, broken, sinful, terrible, horrible human being that if I didn't have this every day, everybody around me would suffer. And I would too. And so would God. So, I need to practice what I preach. And I needed to do this every day because when I talk about this live with you guys, it actually gives me the answers that I'm seeking. Thank you, guys. Everybody's saying you're praying for me. I'm with you here, Jeremy. Thank you, man. It's not like I'm going through anything that you guys aren't going through. You know, we're all having a hard time in life, you know? Water cup says we all are, my brother. That's why we lean on Jesus. Kittenhead says, when I say things to other people, my accountability goes up. G.R. Messick says, we are all in this together, fam. Ginny says, you know, Jeremy, I'm sure there are some here in the chat that live close to you that would gladly give their time freely to come in and help you, no questions asked. You know, I know there are. I do. I do. But it's not that easy to delegate. It's easy to, it's not hard to delegate. It's hard to delegate to somebody who can do the job without having you to have to step in and help. Or else you just might as well have done it yourself. You know what I mean? It's just, and like, I don't want anybody to come and help for free. And, 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 and I can't have anybody help remotely because there's too much, um, 
verification that needs to be done. Is it, should I do this? Should I do this? And then you're talking to me or Eli anyway. And it's just, I'm not, I'm not crying or complaining to you. I'm just trying to give you guys an insight into my life and how much I need God. But I do thank you all for offering. I really do. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm turning down the help. I'm just saying it's not as easy as, as, as some people think it is with this business, you know? You must have help. You just think that that's your pride. I don't know what that means. You guys are all, you know, you see all these people in here, Eli, offering their help out of their lives. They probably have similar lives to mine. Working 12 hours a day, children, you know, animals to feed, family to take care of. And, and this is why this, you remember when I said earlier that this chat, this family is full of love, full of joy, full of great people to lean on. That's what I mean. And Miss Mocha Powered said it right. It feels great to vent. And that's what, that's what this hour is for me to do is to, is to, is to let it all go to God. Like this is me taking the bricks out of my backpack and giving them to Jesus, you know? It, feel good. it feels good to help others even if you are swamped. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Okay, so let's get into one-minute prayer for dad. So we've spent the morning talking about being red-pilled in the gospel. But there's so much. <laughs> T. Mitchell said, and love Sabrina allowing you to do this. Well, trust me, it's taking its toll on her right now as well. Trust me. And yes, she is to definitely be um, acknowledged and loved for what she's for what she has to put up with for me to do this job. Now, I will go back to the beginning of all this, and I and I and I I, I had this conversation with Sabrina. I sat down with her, and I said, "She told me, look, one thing's got to go. You either got to stop doing your job, or you got to stop doing these live shows because you can't do both. It's starting to you got to choose one." And I said, "Well, which one do I choose?" I said, I have five kids, two dogs and a partridge in a pear tree. Like, how am I supposed to, like, I can't go do this LFA TV thing. I can't go do that. It, it won't make enough money. We need to, we, you know, we were making, you know, with my job, we were clearing six figures a year, like nothing every year. But we needed that. Six figures with a family of seven is not really a lot of money. You're still living paycheck to paycheck, but you're, you're covering everything. And you can go on a, you know, a, 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 a a vacation here and there. And when I say six figures, I mean about $110,000 a year is what I was making. 120, somewhere in there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had this conversation with Sabrina and I said, what, what do I do? And uh, she said, you need to do the, 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 the streaming thing. You need to do the, the show. And I said, there's no, there's, no, <laughs> there's no way. There's no way I can leave my job in IT sales and, and, and marketing and advertising and do this for a living, where are we going to get our money from? And that's when I asked all of you, are you guys willing to become monthly donors? Not just, hey, I'll send you when I can, but I need people like a subscription, you know? And you guys said, yes, we'll do it. Yes, we'll do it. And I went from $120,000 a year to $60,000 a year. I cut my paycheck in half. Now, the $120,000 is not what I was making 
all the time. A lot of that was commission-based, so sometimes I'd make 100, sometimes I'd make 120, but really I was making about $100,000 a year with my job, and I'd make another twenty dollars or $30,000 a year if I had a good year in commission on top of my salary. So if we're talking just salary, yeah, I lost $40,000. If we're talking salary and commission, I lost $60,000 to do the job. But the reason why I did it wasn't just because my wife said to do it. It's because I trusted God and God said to do it. So he provided. You provided. Here we are today. So reason why I'm telling you this is because the conversation said, I said to my wife, I said, this is going to be very demanding, honey. If I do this as a full-time job, this is going to be so demanding that, yeah, not only are we going to lose money, but we're going to lose time together. And she said, you have to do it. If God's calling you to do it, you have to do it. At least you can say you tried it and it didn't work, right? And I said, even at the expense of time with you and money and losing everything? And she said, yes. (laughs) Who does that? Had she said, no, don't do it, I would have never done it. I wouldn't even have listened to God. I pray, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did. But yes, going back to Sabrina, thanking Sabrina, Sabrina's probably sacrificed more than anybody in all of this. And what does she get for it? She gets almost zero time with me. There's no way we can go on a vacation for a week. Can you imagine if I left for a week? The place would crumble. So we get, she gets no time with her husband. Very little anyway. She has to watch her kids have no time with their dad, or at least a lot less time. So we try to make, that's why I don't do anything on the weekends if I, if I can help it, you know? That's why we took off Friday nights, you know what I mean? So again, folks, I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm sitting here going, oh, my life sucks, this is terrible, this is terrible. What I am doing is telling you that we trusted in God, and even though God is is putting a path before us that has a lot of affliction and a lot of sacrifice, that is what we're supposed to do. I'm doing what God wants me to do. Walking this life of, of, uh, of obedience and sacrifice and, and, you know, but it's going to bring salvation to our family where we probably would not have seen it before. And God knew that I needed to do this show And I couldn't do this show, Rise Up, for me personally, as a child of God with my relationship with Jesus, had I not had the network to do it. You see what I'm saying? It all comes together. It all comes together. So yeah, I, I, my wife has sacrificed more than anything. And I, I wish, I wish that I could do more for her. I do. But God will reward her for, for her sacrifices. He, he rewards everybody. What happens when you get red-pilled? It's not only do you have the knowledge of Jesus Christ, not only do you have the knowledge of God, your Father in heaven, but it transforms you to want to be different. And here's one of them right here. Please open up your pages to page 41. Philippians 2.4. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And do you know what it's titled? Overcoming selfishness. 
What are your child's interests? Are they interests that you can join in? A healthy family shares in common interests. Sometimes those interests are initiated by you as you teach your kids to hunt or to fish or to play the piano or to follow a favorite sports team. But sometimes kids pick up on interests on their own and you ask yourself, where did she or he learn that? Now, we've talked about this one before, but it was very relevant to now. The scripture was Philippians 2.4. Somebody asked. And then if you are wise, you'll shrug your shoulders. And instead of saying, where'd you learn that? Where'd you come up with that idea? Why do you like that? Well, that's weird. What else? Instead of saying that, shrug your shoulders and ask them to talk about their new favorite interest. Talk about it. Tell me about it. You might even come to like it yourself. Lord, I admit my own interests are often on my mind while the interests of others, including my kids, are too easily moved to the back burner of my thoughts. As I think of my children now, I pray that I will become more mindful of their interests. Help me get inside my kids' heads so I can be a part, a positive part of their inner lives. Then to help me be more transparent to them, bringing them into my thoughts and my interests. Most of all, God, help us look to your interests and how we can play your part or our part in your plan. I think, I think us as parents, we, I mean, I know for me as a parent anyway, I know my parenting style is way different than my parents, right? But no matter how good of a father I think I am, I never not feel like I'm letting my kids down. Isn't that weird? And I know that's a lot to do with Satan bringing that on you, you know? You're not good enough. Yeah. That's a hard one. Do any of you ever get that feeling? Can I ask you that question? Do any of you get that feeling that as a parent that you've not done enough or that you've let your kids down? Even though you've, are, you've got God at the center of your family, you, you know, your, your time spent with them is quality, not so much quantity. And I think CQ said it right. Let's go ahead and hit the soundbite because I think we need to hear this as a, as a family. Well, I say... Not today, Satan. So I see a lot of people agreeing with me. They feel the same thing. 
That's a wrong feeling, guys. We should not be feeling that. I shouldn't be feeling that. You shouldn't be feeling that. Do you love your kids? Do you love them? Is God in your lives? Maybe God's a little less in their lives than he is in yours because your kids may still be young and they haven't you know, figured it all out yet. But that's a false feeling. We talk about fake news. That's a fake feeling. It's not real. If you love your kids and God's in your life, then you are a great parent. It's a great thing about the red pill. So we don't have to look back and go, oh, well, you know, I, I regret. No, no, no. We don't really have to regret anymore. And that's what the whole premise of today's show is. So once you're red pilled, folks, we can shed that stuff. I need to shed it. That's why I'm doing the show, you know? This is me realizing what I need to do in my life. And I got to tell you, if I didn't do Rise Up, I would be about 144 episodes behind in my life. So let's get rid of that today. Let's get rid of that today. Satan is constantly, constantly telling you that you are not good enough. He's told that to me my whole life, which is why I hate incompetence. Again, just convicted myself. I'm done with hating incompetence. I'm washing my hands of it today. People make mistakes. People mess up. Poe buddy's nerfed, right, Eli? Nobody's perfect. Why do I hate that? I don't any longer. Today, I'm shedding it. Eli, you're not going to hear me talk about it anymore. Eli has to hear about it more than anybody, don't you? Sometimes to the point where he's like, well, crap, does he think I'm incompetent too, right? You probably do, right? A little bit, he said. I don't want people to think that way around me. I'm done. Well, I say not today, Satan. I'm done. That's, that's, that's probably my, because of the hating and competence, it leads to the anger, which leads to also me wanting to control the situation myself. Those three things right there, they're all gone. I'm done. What do you need to shed? Be done with it today. It's that simple. It's like quitting smoking cigarettes. Make the choice and be done. Satan, get the H-E double hockey sticks away from me. I'm done with that. That's ruined so much of my life. And you want to know what I always find out? Here's the thing. Here's what really, 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 really bothers me. Is I spend my whole life telling all these people how incompetent they are about doing their jobs. And then guess what? I get, on the, I, I get some heavenly sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm with the Lord. I come in. I start working. I realize, oh, I screwed that up. Oh, I made that mistake. Oh, I screwed that up. Oh, I'm uh, uh, six months behind on this. I'm two months behind on that. Is that not incompetence? It's definitely compared to the same incompetence that I'm accusing other people of. So here I am being a hypocrite. I'm being a hypocrite. Thank you, God, for convicting me of being a hypocrite. I'm incompetent in a lot of things in my life. So how dare I tell somebody else they're incompetent? Here's what I should do. Pray for them and help them be competent in the job that they're doing. That's what I should do, and that's what I'm going to do from now on. I'm done. Man, is it, is it nice to realize some of the most common sense basic stuff? Like, how didn't you know that before, Jeremy? <laughs> give, 
I'm going to give myself the dumb, dumb award of the day. I want to play a video for you. We're talking about Satan, right? We're talking about how he takes over lives, right? We're talking about how he destroys people's lives and society, right? We're talking about he says you're never good enough, right? I'm going to play a video for you. This guy obviously dressed up as Satan. But this is a godly channel. It's called endtime.signs. And it says, Lucifer reveals his thoughts for Pride Month. He is a defeated foe who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. John 10.10. John 10.10. We can resist him by submitting to Christ. James 4.7. So let's go watch this video right now. Again, nobody likes to see the face of Satan. But I'm sure he actually doesn't look this ugly. I'm sure he's very handsome and deceiving. But I want you to hear this. Play it. Convinced half of the world to not only accept sin, but to celebrate it. Do you know what has been my most enjoyable pride campaign to date? No, what? Well, my gay pride campaign, of course. Not only do I get the chance to promote your own self-destruction, I get to use God's logo, the rainbow, to do it. Love is love, right? (laughs) My plan not only prevents you worthless humans from reproducing, it distorts the gender roles and allows me to bring all types of chaos and confusion upon your pathetic societies. This has been so successful, I've got men convinced they're women. Women convinced they're men. And some convinced they're no gender at all. And I've got two more pride initiative campaigns I'd like to introduce in the near future. And second is pedophilia pride. Now, society might not be ready for this one just yet, so we'll hold off. I've convinced half of the world to not only accept sin, but to celebrate it. Why did I play that for you today? I played that for you today because if you put that on your social media platforms they will probably flag it as hate speech towards gay people. That video right there, as satanic and luciferian as it looks, is from a godly platform for that reason. It's to show the world and the pride community and the rest of the sinning, sin-loving people out there that what they are living is Satanistic. The lives that they've chosen to live is Luciferian, and we will forever, ever, forever label that group of people with that group of people. It's, it's, it's almost like a... Um, playing videos like that for people is almost like reverse psychology. You guys know what that is, right? Oh, you're not... Reverse psychology is used on children who are like four years old. But people who love this pride month and this sin, sexual, immoral sin that they're pushing on our kids, their brains are like a four-year-old. Now, this may not convict them to change loving sexual immorality and come to Christ, but what it will do is publicly shame and label them 
as that. I'll keep on doing exactly what I want you to do. This is perfect to destroy the world. I'm going to put the link in the comment section so you guys have it. It's an Instagram uh, video, so you should be able to put it on your Facebook pages. There's the link. I put it in the live chat thread. So all you got to do is go in there with your finger or your cursor and you can grab that. I'm also going to put it in the permanent chat below. Okay? That way it's there as well. And I strongly suggest if you feel like it to share that video because it's going to lump together that group of sick individuals with that sick individual. Sometimes you got to um sometimes you got to shock people from a godly point of view. You know what I mean? A little shock therapy there. See, I thought that was interesting and I and I really wanted to play that for you guys today. Um there's one more thing that I wanted to play for you today and that's this. This is how we're going to uh this is how we're going to end the show today actually. I'm going to read from God Moments for Men. And then we're going to end with um, a couple of videos here. What happens, what else happens when you become red-pilled and you understand what you're really here to do? Well, you want to be an example after that, right? How many of you, when you first became Christians, were like, give me the baton, I'm running full speed even though I have no idea what I'm doing? That was me. Of course, I'm an extreme individual, right? I'm not a lukewarm individual, right? Jesus said, don't put any lukewarm stuff in my mouth. I'll spew you out. I'm either hot or cold, baby. And when I became a Christian, man, I was hot. I was running like the flash. Speed of light trying to spread the gospel. Be an example. Proverbs 12, 18. Proverbs is one of the best books. Oh, it's so great. It's so great. Proverbs 12, 18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Let me ask you this. Let's go back to Miami. I'm going to always and forever use Miami. Oh, great. Hey, that's awesome. Chris, thank you for that. I'm going to use Miami and forever use Miami as, a, uh, as an example of what I don't want to be. But when we were in Miami... Whose words were piercing like swords and whose words were bringing wise healing? Whose wise words were bringing healing? Will Johnson's words were bringing healing, his wise words. And my words were, were piercing like a sword. There are so many things that we can do to make the world better. If we just allow the glow of God's glory to shine through our lives. Some of these might just be little things, everyday things, things that might seem so inconsequential to us, yet mean the world to somebody else around us. Things we do and things we say are seen by unknowing eyes. Think about how many times words fly over so trippingly off the tongue, too late to be taken back. I said the Lord's name in vain last week for the first time in years. Don't even know where it came from. Don't even know how it was possible to do that. 
We touch people's lives every day without even knowing it. Many times these touches start a ball rolling that eventually leads to changes. Changes we may never see. Nevertheless, changes that started from our example, good or bad. Do you want to be a good or a bad example? Make sure you're healing lives instead of opening wounds. Make sure you're healing lives rather than opening wounds. And I think Eli would agree. I've opened up a lot of wounds lately to a lot of people. And I'm sorry. I am. I am so sorry to those people. I'm sorry to you guys, and I'm sorry to God. Been having a hard time lately, even with God. So, you know, I tell you guys about it. I, t- I tell you about what's going on. And I, lo- and I love that you guys pray for me. But you know what? I have a smile on my face, even after admitting how horrible of a human being I am. But I'm a great spirit, and I'm a child of God, just like you. And that will always overcome the horrible flesh that we live in. Always. Let's play this video. Praising God through the pain, thanking God through the trials, trusting him when we're tempted to lose hope, and loving him even when he seems distant. At my lowest, God is my hope. At my darkest, God is my light. At my weakest, God is my strength. At my saddest, God is my comforter. The deepest level of worship is praising God through the pain. Thanking God through the trials, praising God through the pain, trusting Him, loving Him when He seems distant. And at my lowest, God is my light. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. And I, absolutely, I, I love to be corrected and convicted. When it's by God. <laughs> not, not so much when it's by people, right, Eli? But when it's by God, I do. And when it's by people doing God's will, then I am. I love it. Anyway, guys, I'm going to take you out the same way I brought you in, and that's with some beautiful, lovely music. I raise a hallelujah on this Rise Up morning here. Sean Farish, and Ungoverned, continues here on LFA TV. I want to thank you guys. If you haven't liked the video, please like it on your way out. Share it on your way out. For all you guys who did uh, Rumble Rant donations, thank you. You don't know how much it helps. So let's all raise a hallelujah together. And I'll see you guys at 11 o'clock on Live from America. And I'll see you in Sean's uh, thread next. God bless you guys. Have a great morning. Peace out. (laughs) 